Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bums Breakdown. Today we are joined, as always, by Dylan. And we do have a brand new guest today in John Morrissey. Uh, Dylan, I'll get you introduced to begin with, obviously, it's first. Dylan, going over the San Antonio game, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's still been a, a tough watch, uh, but you can't, it's hard not to be heartened by that comeback, but we've also seen that a few times this season. So um, back on the hopium, but like cautiously so, I would say. Yeah, I mean, a 3-3 versus, uh, I mean, one of the kind of league's top teams and last year's winners isn't the worst, but again, the performance, I mean, left a, it wasn't the best. And uh, and John, for you, obviously, um, if you want to tell the, the listeners or viewers a little bit about yourself and as far as how things go and obviously uh, your opinion on the uh, San Antonio game as well. Yeah, I mean, people I'm sure know me as at USL Tactics on Twitter. Uh, I write for Backfield, co-host the USL Show podcast, uh, terminally online. Um, in terms of the game at hand here, I thought it was crazy to watch as more of a neutral. I mean, three to three in any context with a red card and a late comeback is something to behold. I think for both teams, this was probably a really frustrating game just because of what, 75 minutes of nothing good for San Diego. But if you're San Antonio, it's that 3 nothing start and then the slow collapse. So plenty of takeaways both ways, but I enjoyed it at least from someone who didn't have real skin in the game. Yeah, as a, as a neutral, I'd imagine it's one of it would have been a great game to watch. I mean, aside from the kind of that middle 70 minutes of kind of right. nothingness um, and obviously another red card at the end with, with Moon as well. So yeah. Uh, Another suspension for him, and that's what the second red he's had this so far this season. So it's um, it was a tough one. I mean, John, for you, did you, would you say either team deserved the win come the end? I look at a game where San Antonio comes out to that three nothing lead, and then they spend so much time down a man, and still are able to hold on to it. They feel like the team that maybe was more deserving of the full three points, but. I mean, they made the mistakes. They had the mental gaff to what, I mean, jaw off and to get that red card. You That can't go unpunished. So I think a draw was probably fair in the end, and especially given how Loyal rebounded late on. But San Antonio would be my gut feeling of the two. Yeah, it was, I think it was a tough one too. I mean, as far as Loyal, I think possession at halftime was around over 70% possession with a one single shot in the first 45 minutes, especially when I'm playing against 10 men for that first, what, the last 30, that first half as well. It just, it didn't seem like anything was going to go right. And obviously, Dylan, I know you're a watch party for that game. And for you, I mean, what was the kind of general consensus as far as the the feeling of the fans went and uh, obviously for yourself? I mean, I think for a lot of people, the feeling was just kind of shock with the first, like, what, 16 minutes was the first three goals. You know, there were people coming back from like the bathroom, getting drinks, and we're like 2-0 down already. And they're like, what happened, you know? Um, so it was kind of a weird atmosphere. I wouldn't say that anyone was like overly upset. I think it was just maybe kind of the feeling of like, uh-oh, here we go again. Um, and then the red card got... You know, red card happened, and uh, credit to our friend Drew Steck, who actually did say at that point, instant classic incoming, and nobody <laughs> believed him, and it turns out he was right. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, it, I would I would agree with John. I think San Antonio probably deserved to win that game um, on the balance of things, in my opinion. But football is a cruel, cruel game, so I'll, I'll take the point. I, that's a smash and grab job right there, for sure. Yeah, so I think... 
maybe it's different from we've seen in previous years as far as how the loyal goes, as far as kind of how they kind of finish out and see out games. And John, I know you said yourself, you've spoken about kind of the, the heart shown from loyal. Um, even go back to, I think it was the Miami FC game um, yeah. in that one. Do you think that kind of the, the seeing out of game or kind of the, the coming back into games is a new thing for the low of the season um, compared to kind of previous years? I would say so. I mean, I think that having so much depth in the forward line, having the ability to like bring on Jumi into the midfield as more of this kind of hybrid CM forward is a luxury that you've had in the past, but when you combine it with the quality that you've got from the wingbacks, like I said, that depth at forward, you've got just more firepower to get these comebacks going on late in games. Part of it is mentality. I think part of it has to go credit-wise to Nate Miller. But yeah, I would say that it's, it's been one of the market improvements that this team has made year over year for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's uh, when you've got the defensive issues that we've got, I mean, you've got to kind of get the 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 goals from somewhere to kind of make up for it. And I think, obviously, looking at the, I, can't, I think it might have been from the uh, USO Championship account or somewhere on Twitter today that I saw the uh, Loyal have conceded 12 goals in the first half, which is the most of any team in the USL. And I know going back to last season, too, I think we mentioned on the podcast, too, as far as that we consider the most amount of goals of any team that made the playoffs last season, too. So, Defensive woes haven't really been improved this year, this season, this year. Um, but at least kind of the the heart showing in kind of these comebacks has been there. Um, Dylan, for yourself, I mean, looking at back, I mean, going back to kind of the Miami game, obviously came back against Phoenix, and then this game here. Um, I mean, for yourself, have you seen a vast improvement as far as kind of the comeback ability for the loyal? Yeah, I, I, I would actually say I think that the way Loyal approached closing out games this season is for me probably been the biggest positive this year. Um, and it was immediately obvious from game one. And, you know, we used to always joke that Nate was always the head coach anyway, even when Landon was there. But in Loyal's first three seasons, when we were trying to see how to win, we would bring on all the defenders and play low and just defend. And in Nate's first game against Detroit, seeing out a 1-0 win, we were proactive front foot. Um, trying to waste time on the under, other end of the field rather than in our own half, you know? Um, so, yeah, in a season of some frustration, I would say that the approach to the way we try to close out games has markedly improved, and I think that we're starting to see that bear fruit in some of these comebacks. Yeah, I definitely I know from last season too, especially with the kind of... Uh... The last five minutes of games, I know Landon Donovan always bring on a kind of defender here and there, and it would never, you never really feel fully safe as far as seeing out a game. And I think Nate's kind of come in and done a bit of a better job there. Um, ideally, if we can kind of figure out the, the defensive collapses early on in games, we should be able to turn things around a little bit more. Um, but especially considered three goals within 60 minutes. I mean, it's not exactly the first time it's happened like that as well. I mean, even going back to, I believe it was the Sacramento game away last season. Um, Similar story, I think, kind of two or three goals conceded within the first kind of 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I don't know whether it's more of a, a loyal thing or it's the defenders here and they need to improve in certain instances, but still um, a lot of things to work on there. But moving into kind of the, the main point of the episode today, the Sacramento preview. Um, obviously, we know how good Sacramento have been so far this season. Currently sitting in first in the Western Conference. They currently are on eight wins, four draws and a loss. Only loss coming to Orange County, which uh, a very surprising one there considering how they've been so far this season. And then going back to the last game against us, they beat us 1-0 in Sacramento, although uh, we only had one shot on target that whole game. Although I did think it was fairly close going back to that one and not too much in it. Um, and then kind of their away record here, 
two wins, three draws and a loss, and then home record, six wins and one draw. So obviously doing a, doing a lot better at home. And then uh, to touch on things there as well, they have the most goals scored and the fewest goals conceded in the whole of the US as well. So uh, definitely, I mean, the, the leaders by far. John, obviously, I know uh, you've done a little bit of work for Sacramento in the past. I mean, right now, with the way they've been playing and kind of how they've been looking, are you are you saying they are a kind of a, by far the clear favourites for the USL title this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you mentioned it a little bit of bias just for having worked under Coach Briggs last season. Um, I do the weekly power rankings right for backfield, and I think I've had Sacramento first for. 11 out of 13 weeks or something crazy like that the way that they've played the consistency of constantly having these three nothing two nothing wins week in week out doing it on the road out east doing it at home uh, at heart health park they've really been the model of consistency even the knock to rodrigo lopez hasn't seen them slow down i've just been so impressed and i think by the numbers and by the eye test, they're kind of the undeniable favorite, at least in the West and probably across the league right now. Yeah, and obviously with the Rodrigo Lopez obviously being kind of their one of their key players, obviously out for a while now. Um, for you, what would you say has been the major kind of change from last season to this season for them um, as far as kind of now being somewhat favorites for the league? Yeah, the defense was the calling card last season. I think it made itself uh, most visible in the Open Cup, where it was basically one nothing against MLS teams for four rounds in a row. Uh, but that held true in the league as well. And so they carried that over this season, but the changes come in the forward line. Uh, last year, you often saw Douglas Martinez, Luther Archimed get minutes up there. And they can play as the number nine, but for whatever reason, those two players tended to sort of drift into the channels more often, uh, make these runs that just weren't giving Sacramento a real presence in the box. And that's changed completely. Uh, Juan Sebastian Herrera is a bruising South American striker. He's really that classic holdup type. But then Russell Ciceroni has been the star. He'll typically play as sort of the left winger off of Herrera. Uh, often taking up more of a striker's position next to him when they're possessing. But he is just so good at finding those little pockets of space in and around the box. Uh, he can link play and transition as well. He's a good shooter from range. He is the sort of forward that completes this team. Uh, he can pay off the moves that they get off of a skillful midfield. So I think he, if you're trying to represent the improvement in just one player, it's Russell Cicerone. Yeah, I obviously know he was uh, great for Pittsburgh in the past, but I mean, when you put a, a player like him amongst uh, a lot of better players in that Sacramento team, obviously, hopefully, he was going to flourish. Um, I mean, I guess we're hoping somewhat of that kind of uh, the Darmus into the loyal team as far as having that kind of Cicerone effect on our team, and maybe it's kind of coming slowly. Um, but again, he like I said he's been there. I mean, their stand-up player so far, and uh, and Dylan, for you, obviously. We've gone off Sacramento in the last game against us. I mean, going back to that game, do you think we deserve more than that one or loss versus Sacramento? Uh, I mean, I don't know about deserved more, but we could have gotten more. Um, I think Conway maybe, or somebody missed a sitter early in the game, like a, a guilt edge, like should have scored. Um, but at the same time, Koke made what will maybe go down as save of the season uh, for us. So... You know, I could have seen it going either way. Um, we didn't play good enough, is what I would say. Um, had we gotten a point, I don't think it would have been undeserved. But no, I, I, I don't think we played good enough in that game. And I would like to see us um, try something a little different this time. Yeah, I think definitely we've got a chance here against Sacramento. I don't think it's more of a... I don't know. I think the San Antonio one, I think the matchup 
if I mean, if San Antonio kept 11 men for the whole game, I definitely would have probably turned the game off before the end of it, if I'm, I'm not going to lie. But I think with Sacramento, I think we're a lot more evenly matched as far as tactics go on the field. Um, although, obviously, we'll see how it goes this Friday night. And then, uh, Dylan, you know, it's a tough one here. I think more than likely... I mean, John, you know more about the kind of formation attacks, how they go with here. I mean, in their last two games, they've kept pretty much the same team. Um, in your opinion, John, do you think Ross plays in this game here or do you think Kiko Keko comes back in to form a front, front three? So just uh, having looked back now at what they did in that matchup last time, uh, it wasn't Keko. He started the year injured, but um, they did go with that proper kind of three forward formation to press one-on-one against the... Uh, loyal back three so I think that Keko is going to get the start on the right especially given that it's been two weeks in a row away to the east coast maybe give Ross who's a little bit up there in age compared to Keko some rest but Sacramento has a way of making decisions that don't make sense if I'm just looking at the lineup and then how it actually plays out on the pitch is just totally visionary but Keko would be my choice at a minimum yeah, I think we'll probably go over that and then look obviously looking at the lineup here. Danny Vitiello in goal, uh, Jack Gurr right wing back, and then we've got uh, Timmer, Donovan, and Shane Weed as the three centre backs, and then uh, Sanchez at the left wing back who's coming over um, as a Viada as well. So then in the midfield here, you're going to have uh, Walia Fernandez, uh, Lopez in those mid two midfield spots, and then Cerrone, Herrera, and uh, Keiko as the front three. Um, but Dylan, going off that lineup there, I mean, for you, who are the, obviously we've gone about Cicerone, any other kind of standouts there for yourself? Yeah, I think, well, Jack, Jack Gurr, you mentioned, um, I think is at a pretty elite USL level uh, wingback. I, he, he does everything you'd want a wingback to do at this level. Um, but Herrera as well up top, I think is the exact kind of player Loyal could maybe benefit from. Um, somebody who can hold up, hold up, the ball and facilitate kind of longer attacking moves. Um, our attack often seems kind of tedious. And I think that's because we don't have a true outlet or, or rather we're not utilizing our true outlet to its fullest potential, but we've beaten that horse. So uh, I, yeah, I, 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 those would be my two standouts um, other than like you already said, Ciceroni and then pick, pick anybody in the back line and I'd take them too. Yeah. I think Felipe as well, definitely another one in that midfield spot. I think, um, I can't remember. If, I think he wasn't suspended going back to our last game, although we hoped he was. I think he got that red card overturned. Um, but he's been absolutely incredible for them in the middle. Um, Felipe, or Luis Felipe Fernandez. Um, uh, John, for you, I mean, obviously, we've gone through kind of the, 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 the main standouts there. I mean, is there anyone part in the Sacramento team that you think has kind of uh, gone under the radar a bit as far as how important they've been to their team? Yeah, I'm going to uh, pick both of those wider center backs in the back three, Shane Wheat and Jared Timmer, uh, both of them moving over from the Eastern Conference into the Sacramento team. Obviously, you can look at the numbers and see that this Republic side is elite defensively, but those two are so crucial to how this team builds out from the back. They're very active dribbling. Um, if you're facing a team that presses with two forwards, they're just going to dribble right around them, get into the attacking half. And naturally, by pushing a center back up that high, you're creating these overloads. It's something that a lot of teams lack the confidence to do. But Sacramento was very particular about picking out two players to really uh, revolutionize this team when heading into the 2023 season. And it's paid off handsomely. 
Yeah, I mean, those, those back three there have been kind of... Uh, I think they've pretty much played every game this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but again, like you mentioned, though, too, as far as having a, going against the front two, two with that press, I think going back to the last game we played against them, that's kind of one thing that stood out to me. And definitely, I mean, obviously Sacramento pressing with the front three put us under a lot of pressure there. And kind of for me, it's been a bit of a, um, a strange one this season. I think we've not really seen a front three from the loyal even though we've kind of gone on two attacking players and more so like one in behind as a number 10 role um, or Guido kind of in that, what we call like that Guido role. But kind of Guido has been playing very similar to um, Rodrigo Lopez as far as kind of a, a hybrid kind of midfielder and attacker in there. Um, although definitely Guido hasn't been a, as influential this season as maybe he was last season. Uh, and then moving into our lineup here, um, it's been a tough one so far this season, Dylan. I think we are getting slowly closer to predicting it and uh, kind of getting that 11 right finally. Um, but Dylan, walk us through what we think the... We'll go with the goalkeeper and back three here as far as how, they, how we think they're going to line up. Oh, I've said, uh, I think that Miami game is the closest we're ever going to get. <laughs> we got 10 out of 11 exactly right. And so <laughs> that's really good. Um, but anyway, uh, Duran, I think, you know, um, until we get more news on Koke, we'll continue to uh, be the starter. Um, and then the back line, um, I like Simba a lot, but I don't necessarily think he had a great game against San Antonio. Um, I think he got exposed a bit, so wouldn't be shocked to see Cam Riley come in uh, in the back line. Um, so Ryan, Riley, Stoneman, and Adams uh, would probably be the three center backs I would expect to see. Um, and then fullbacks with Moon suspended, and we don't know about Elijah. I think Bodley and Perez um, are probably our only options really um so that makes me a little nervous um against sacramento um and then again you know selection issues the midfield guido martin and corona again probably um and then Thomas and conway i think are both maybe kind of finally coming to their own separately i'd like to see them link up a little bit better but um i like some things i've seen from both of them so uh you know as john kind of alluded to the front two maybe plays into sacramento's hands a little bit but we'll see uh what nate can come up with yeah, I, I'm, I've been surprised not seeing a front three. And I know, Dylan, I think I saw you uh, post something about Dharma's kind of playing out on the wing um, versus San Antonio. And I didn't actually think it looked too bad with them out there um, for a time. Although, like I said, it's still looking at the back line. I mean, Cam Riley, I mean, he's definitely come on leaps and bounds this season, but definitely not one that I'm kind of fully confident with playing in that back three. Um, and then Bodley and Perez, two guys who, again, aren't kind of uh, known for being fullbacks first and foremost, especially Adrian Perez in there. Um, other more than likely, obviously, Perez will have to play inverted on the right-hand side. I'm not seeing Bodley on the on the right-hand side yet, so um, kind of two left-footed fullbacks there. So I'm a little bit cautious of that. Um, and then in the midfield there with Guido, I mean, Guido definitely hasn't been the same old as he was last season. Um, and I, I know I said earlier on the season, I still think he's injured a little bit, but I mean, you've got, what, 12, 13 games in the season now? I don't think that kind of injury kind of, I guess, excuse can uh, can really go forward there as well. Um, but John, for you, obviously looking at that kind of our predicting lineup here, um, what do you make of that lineup currently as far as compared to what would you consider the, the best kind of loyal starting 11? I mean, in terms of the midfield, the forwards, that's give or take a player or two about as strong as you can get. I think the midfield, you've got the luxury of probably five pieces who you could argue are first choice in terms of quality. Um, the fullback spots are really the flashpoint for me here. 
missing Nick Moon is a big deal no matter what. And given the red card, I mean, what issue this season, I guess, given that he's got two of them. I'm confident in Duran Free in net, but boy, the two of those goals for San Antonio, you can kind of point to him and say some of that inexperience is showing. And that's not to disparage him because I think he's really going to be one of the next big things in the USL and maybe in American soccer. But I hope that he gets some improvement, takes those knocks and turns them into lessons going forward this week. I will just throw a quick shout to Camden Riley, by the way. He's been phenomenal this season. He's somebody who I was iffy on from RGV and uh, some of his other loyal appearances, but he's just been excellent for my taste this season. Yeah, and no, I've I've loved him back there, and I think definitely is kind of a... I always think that anyone who can play in that kind of number six role can always play as a centre-back. I mean, you've looked at kind of uh, Man City as far as kind of Fernandinho and Rodrigo. Um I'm not going to put Camden Riley on the same level as Rodri and Fernandinho, um, but definitely someone who kind of, uh, again, is still somewhat young, um, but definitely has played well there. I think last season, a few times he played and I wasn't too keen on him in that back three, um, but this year definitely he's looked a lot better. Um, but yeah, with Duran as well, I mean, it was tough to watch that game as far as him making mistakes. And I mean, it's tough to put blame on a 16-year-old keeper when he's still so young. Um but definitely with the way our defence has played as well, it hasn't really given him much kind of uh, support in front of him as well. Um, so hopefully he can bounce back, especially with the home crowd. I know the uh, Sacramento fans were very loud on the broadcast as far as giving him kind of a abuse most of the game, which was, was interesting, but um, hopefully can turn things around a little bit there. And then kind of moving into kind of the things to look out for and key storylines. I've got on here, can uh, San Diego Loyal turn things around defensively again? We all know kind of how uh, poor we've been at the back, but especially against a team like Sacramento who scored the most goals and hold the league. And then can Damas build his brace versus San Antonio? I think my, myself and you, and you, Dylan, have kind of spoken about Damas' woes this season and as far as is Damas really going to be the player you all thought he was going to be. Um, but I think he slowly turned things around there. At least I hope so. And then the Sacramento come out the gates early on. I think definitely, I mean, going back to kind of the, the fact that we conceded the most goals in the first half about out of any team in the USL, um, it's quite an alarming stat there. And then uh, kind of like grabbed the first goal, which I know we've all spoken about. I mean, at least myself kind of made the point as far as the, the Lloyd have, I think, scored like three or four goals before the 40th minute in 13 games, which isn't great to see. And I think we always kind of have to work about kind of getting back into games as far as kind of being up a goal and kind of dominating there. Um but then anything else to kind of look out for you think or anything to add on those kind of uh, key storylines there? Uh, yeah, the one thing I would add um, to that list is John kind of touched on it uh, just a minute ago, like Duran, how he responds um, to making some mistakes in that San Antonio game and how he responds to the abuse he was getting that you referred to. Um, you know, that's uh, it needs to be a lesson, right? Rather than letting it knock him down, he needs to make sure it builds him up. So uh, I hope to see a good response from him. It'll be good having him in front of 109. Um, you know, we'll be there supporting him. So uh, that that would be the one thing I would add. And then just to touch on Domus, like you said, I I still think it's maybe he's having a hard time adjusting, but it's also partially how we use him, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I would love to see him just keep going on a nice scoring run now. Yeah, I hope so. And I think definitely it's a case of, yeah, how we are using, using and utilizing him really. Um, I definitely don't know whether he's still the, the perfect fit for us, but it's uh, he's obviously too good of a player to really leave out the team there. And John, for yourself, I mean, anything else to add on to those kind of uh, key things there? 
Yeah, I mean, just a more comment on some of the storylines, um, especially that early goal thing. It's sort of the Republic's calling card this season to get one in the first 20 minutes, take the game with a scruff of the neck, and then just drop back into that 5-4-1 that is so hard to break down. So if uh, San Diego can jump out early here, that would be massive for their hopes to get uh, the full three points. Um, in terms of Thomas, he's a player who came in with such a reputation. He's got four goals. Uh, if you look at the numbers, he's like sitting in the 80th percentile for expected goals amongst forwards. He's doing okay, but I don't know. He's a player that you thought would come in and just tear this league apart, and it's not been the case so far. I think that the San Antonio game was a big step for him to kind of reclaiming that, to finding his role in this team. But I'm curious to see how he's deployed, given that we saw that effective output in the end of the last matchup. So, yeah. As far as Damas goes, do you think it's more of a case of Damas not living up to expectations himself or just kind of not being a, kind of the right fit for San Diego? Damas was a player in that magical season with Orange County where he was good in the regular season. He wasn't an MVP level player. And then that playoff stretch, he was pure magic. He couldn't miss whenever he took a shot. And I think that skewed people's perspective in a way that was somewhat unfair to him now that he's come back into the league. But that said, he's someone who is the best or best utilized when he's able to be very physical to get out in transition. And that's simply not how San Diego plays and uses him. He's finding his footing. He's got the talent to fit in any system. And I think that increasing comfort level is only going to benefit both sides of the equation here. So I would just kind of preach patience in terms of Damas. I think he's going to come good. I think he's going to be up there in the goal leaderboard come season's end, but it won't be an instant phenomenon. Yeah, I think that's a great point there as far as kind of people's expectations seem to be a lot higher than kind of what they should expect from him. Um, and I think obviously a lot of fans maybe can't remember his him at Orange County too much. And more so I've seen kind of uh, like the, the finals MVP and kind of playing abroad in the top flight in Sweden and kind of expecting this kind of... Um, I guess savior really after Kyle Vassell left, um, kind of a, a very large hole in many of the loyal heart, uh, fans' hearts. Um, and then moving into my favorite part here, the predictions for the game, uh, Dylan, you and myself. I genuinely, so I guess three 0 last week, three 0 loss for most of the game. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we uh, we might be losing three 0 but at least I might get the prediction right for the first time. Um, but. Then I'll let you go first. As always, um, what do you think is going to happen in this game here? Well, like we said last week, we, we were hoping we were wrong. So we were both happy to be wrong, right? <laughs> um, and just real quick, I wanted to add on the Domus thing too. I think it, it's important to remember that these are people too, right? And he's moving across the world to come back to a place he's never lived before. Um, and it's only been a few months. I, like John said, I, I, I encourage patience. Um, but anyway, predictions. Um, I always just do this on the fly, um, just kind of very vibes based on how I'm feeling when we record. So I'm I'm feeling a well fought two two draw uh, for Loyal. I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna. Tr I hope they build on the momentum from the end of the San Antonio game. Um, but if they do come out and concede an early goal, like John kind of talked about, Sacramento are good at doing. I, I do think it could maybe get away from us a little bit and be a super frustrating night. Um, so they need to keep it like tight for the first 20 minutes. And if they can do that, yeah, I could see us getting like a 2-2 draw. Um, for goal scorers, I'll go Damas and Conway. 
um, for Loyal, and then uh, Kecko and Cicerone for Sac. For Sac. Okay, that's a nice little draw prediction. John, for yourself, uh, what do you predict the scoreline for this game? Yeah, I think I'm going to go one-to-one. I, I just like this matchup if San Diego plays their cards right. I think that they've got the shape and the personnel to properly address the way that Sacramento is able to use those center backs to create wide overloads. You're never going to keep a clean sheet against a team this talented and deep, but I think controlling that danger and then generating offense in your own right is something that loyal compared to most of the league are capable of doing. So it'll end even uh, just to throw in with the goal scorers. Luis Felipe will get one for the Republic, and let's go Conway back on the score sheet for Loyal. Okay, so two draws. I'm I'm actually leaning towards a, a Loyal win here, which I wasn't leaning to at the beginning. Um, I just think kind of uh, in the first game back home after a while now, Friday night game, I'm hoping the, the fans will be loud and kind of cheering the team on. Um, and I think hopefully after the kind of San Antonio, especially those first kind of 15 minutes, I think Nate will have drilled it into the team as far as kind of being a bit more defensively solid to, be the, to begin the game. So I'm going to go 2-1. I don't think any more goals than that. I mean, I know Lowell defensively haven't been great, but obviously Sacramento, I don't think we'll concede any more than two in a game. And also partly that their away form hasn't been terrible, um, but definitely they've definitely found it a lot tougher away from home. So... I'm going to go with a... I'm going to go Damas. I'm going to go Guido. Hopefully Guido shows some more of his kind of old self. And then I think it's too... Uh, Cicerone's been too good to not leave off the score sheet there. Um, but definitely it's going to be close no matter what. And uh, to wrap things up here, Dylan, anything else you want to add for this matchup? Uh, I... Yeah, I mean, I just uh, a lot of respect to Sacramento and their fans. I think if you were to pick out a couple USL championship clubs that are run in a way that you would say I'd like to model my own club I'm starting after, I think Sacramento is one you could point to and know that you were headed in the right direction. So big love to them. I know they have a, a really uh, good fan base there. Um, and so, you know, when we're not playing them, I, I tend to enjoy seeing them play well. Yeah, they're they're pretty well run. And then, John, obviously for yourself here, um, for those listening, where can people find you and uh, get more information that you that kind of uh, that all the content you produce? Yeah, I mean, definitely the baseline for everything at USL Tactics on Twitter. I tweet out everything I do, whether it's podcast appearances like this. Um, I would implore you over anything to throw a subscription to Backyield. I write about 5,000 words breaking down every USL team once a week. Um, in addition to that, we've got great coverage of American soccer at every level, men's, women's, MLS, and WSL. Uh, the USL show is fun if you want a perspective on the league in general. So that would be the plugs for me. Yeah, I know obviously you've been a great resource for myself and Dylan and kind of just for every kind of fan of the league in, in, as a whole. I mean, you kind of cover everyone, not really too many biases here and there. So it's kind of a... As a, as a fan of the league itself, it's kind of uh, great to see that kind of content and stuff out there as well. Um, but that'll, th- be, that'll be it. And then uh, we'll see you guys for a locals last call for myself and Dylan after the Sacramento game. And then moving forward, there'll be the San Antonio preview for next week, the uh, the home fixture, I think midweek Wednesday. So uh, that'll be an interesting one. But we'll see you guys very soon. <laughs>